Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the One More Jump podcast brought to you by Rise Pole Vault. Rise Pole Vault is now authorized dealers of Pacer vaulting poles, Essex vaulting poles, and UCS Spirit vaulting poles. This is very exciting for us. We've been wanting to start selling poles for a while now. We've had tons of different projects happening and just haven't had the time to really put together a system of how to do it and how we want to do it. But we are there now and we want to sell you your next pole vaulting pole. We wanted to be able to have all three vaulting poles available because they all three are incredible poles. Sometimes we can get a little tribalistic in the pole vaulting community and we get like, I'm team pacer, I'm team spirit, or I'm team Essex. And I understand that. I I do. Uh, Once you find something that you like, it's, you know, it's hard to get off of that. But the thing is, is that I wanted people who came to Rise Pole Vault and who shopped online at Rise Pole Vault, I wanted them to have an option to be able to choose what is best for them. You choose what pole is your best pole, what one works best for you. Um, I didn't want people to have to come to me and say, "Uh, what pole should I use? Well, I've got one option for you and that's the best one because it's not sometimes. And I wanted you guys to be able to have a choice in the matter. So very excited that we get to deal all three of the major pole vaulting pole brands. So moving on, the king is back, ladies and gentlemen. Mondo Duplantis joined joined me again for an incredible episode after his insane year this year, breaking the world record at the world championships, making six meters, over six meters. I think it was 22 times. Really insane. Yeah. So we had to break it down. He was gracious enough to give me some of his time and I am so grateful for it. We had a great conversation and we didn't have to go through the whole backstory because he's a repeat customer and we were able to just jump right in and that's what's nice about having people on as repeat guests is we don't have to go through that whole, how did you grow up in the pole vault and all of those things, which is valuable and fun to listen to, I think, but it eats up a big chunk of time and we were able to get to the nitty gritty real quick in this episode. So Mondo, if you're listening, thank you so much. And I hope you guys all enjoy this podcast with the king. Anyway, we can roll. We can just get this thing rolling, man. So, what's going on? How how's the fall training going? You guys started? It's good. It's good. Yeah, no, no. I, I've, um, what am I on right now? I'm on week four. I think it is week four. Yeah. So I'm I'm yeah I'm back in Louisiana right now starting to train again um yeah so it's been nice honestly i mean it's it's like you know it's 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 early so i'm just sore everywhere and like you know the 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 normal like beginning of fall training but uh it's nice yeah 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 that's wild we uh we're on week four of luke's training we just we just started his about about four weeks ago and uh 
Yeah, it's a, it's a very like the beginning is just like it, it's yeah. it's a kind of a rude awakening. But what is what is like <laughs> a tr- what is like fall training look like for you? Because I know it looks a lot different for like a bunch of different people. Um, I mean, like a lot of vaulting, been, running. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't vault as much as I used to. Honestly. Hmm. So like vaulting, I, I jump like once a week. Really, and uh, I mean, yeah. If and uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't jumped twice a week in probably like a year or so, year and a half maybe. No, I um, that's in the off season though. Like during competition, do you vault? Like competition season, do you just vault in meets then? Pretty much, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I usually have like quite a not a tight schedule, but like a close enough schedule where I'm jumping like pretty much every week or every week and a half or so. And uh, I don't know. In, in between, I just feel like. Uh, I think if I just do the right things as far as like training and making sure that my body's prepared to handle the the impact of what I'm about to do, then I feel like I'm all good. And uh, as far as like the the technique and timing of everything, it's like, I don't know. I I, I think I just jumped so much in my life that like, I don't, I don't really like, I don't lose it as like, I don't really lose it as quickly anymore. It's more just like everything. Like it's more just like the uh, the run, especially since I'm running from 20 steps now the the rhythm of the run is the most important for me but everything after like the run like when i plant the pole like it's just kind of just like riding a bike almost yeah i i don't know like how much you know you've if you've listened to any of these or anything but uh that's like the one thing that i continually mention about you is just like how like much you still vault just kind of like when you were younger, just like running mm-hmm. like a bat out of hell and just, and just yeah. lining it up. Just, you just are able to line it up like very, very well. And it's probably because, I mean, how many thousands, tens of thousands, yeah. maybe hundreds of thousands of jumps have you had since you were like six years old, you know? Yeah. So many, so many, like, I mean, I, I know, I think I, looking back on like how I, how I grew up, I think I, I really realized how much I jumped because I remember one time when I was 12 years old, you know, they had the little league world series. Yeah. My oldest brother made the little league world series and it was my 12 year old summer. And, um, I was on the all-star team and, and like my biggest dream was to go to Williamsport, like be on ESPN, like be in the little league world series. So that whole month when we were like going through whatever it was, district then state, we ended up losing out in the state, but I was like, I'm only going to focus on uh, baseball. And I've only played baseball. I didn't pull up for like a month. And that was like the craziest thing ever. Like a month. I didn't pull up for when I was 12. So then I was like, yeah. I mean, because I, I literally just pull up to like, maybe not every day, but I would say at least six times a week or so. Right. <laughs> like at least five, six times a week. So like, I, I remember, I, like, I remember that was like the craziest off period ever. And it was like one month, literally when I was 12. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, so, but that's, that's why, that's probably, you know, why you... I mean, obviously, one of the re- big reasons why you got so good is because, I mean, obviously, pulling from a pretty good gene pool uh, with yeah, yeah. your dad, <laughs> that, that that one that one probably helped. But yeah, at the same time, matter. I mean, just tons and tons and tons and tons of vaults throughout your career, you know, like how many more do you have to take to be able to line it up? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, no, for sure. Like it, that there's there's no there's no real mystery to it. Yeah, that's something that yeah. I've been kicking around with Luke's training too. Is like, do we really need two days a week? Like, do we? Yeah. Like, come on. I mean, he's been vaulting for probably a similar 
number of years as you have. He probably, well, when did you start? Like six, six, seven, five? I mean, I, I was jumping two. like when I was four. For real. <laughs> like, like I was jumping. Yeah. Like I was trying to jump over a crossbar at four years old. When I was five, I was like for real jumping. I was making crossbars and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So he, he probably is. I mean, he probably started when he was like not that young, maybe like eight, nine, ten. That's still pretty but still, young. Still, yeah. still, that's pretty freaking young, man. And then yeah, and I'm, I'm like, okay, so like, how much, how much, you know? And when you guys, that's the thing that people don't understand is it's like, okay, Mondo, when you're coming down the runway as fast as you were when you were younger, like let's say even high school, like early high school. Like mm-hmm. you're hitting the back of the box hard, but you're not hitting yeah. it close to as hard as you're hitting it now. And then like no. the the impact on your body, you know, when you're running as fast as you're running and hitting the poles that you're hitting, it's like, dude, you kind of yeah. got to give yourself at least, you know, six, seven days to kind of bounce yeah. back and be ready. Again. Yeah. And yeah. And, and that's the thing really, because like, especially now I'm starting to like use a lot stiffer and stiffer poles. And um, yeah, I just, I can't really jump all the time like that and uh when i do jump like you know like that that once a week the time that i do jump it always is like a really intense and i try to have like a really high intensity in my jumping and so uh like whenever i i do have my practices i'm always trying to push poles mm. from whatever run it may be whether it's eight or 12 steps or whatever i'm gonna try to be getting on as big of, of a pole as i possibly can that practice and they're usually gonna be i mean at this point they're starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger which is just more and more impact on my body so uh, yeah, I, it's kind of like just naturally, I just have to like cut it back a little bit. Right, right, right. That's one thing I've been meaning to ask you is how is your body holding up just over the last three, four years? It's been good. It's been good, really. I mean, like, I feel like it's just kind of like the normal pull vault stuff. Um, you know, like, I feel like my my back's been pretty fine, honestly. Like, I mean, here and there, you get like a little bit like stiff and you get kind of like locked up in like maybe my my lower back but um other than that like shoulders don't really have much of a problem with like my shoulders or anything and uh for the most part like whenever i'm like seeing like physio getting massages and stuff like that like i mostly worry about my legs mm. just like normal stuff like a sprinter um you know it is a little bit more impact on my takeoff foot mm-hmm. just because it's just like a lot of a lot of impact at the takeoff but um you know other than that it's like it's mostly just my legs as far as like stuff that comes up like just like get a little tight in my hamstring or, you know, my, my hips sometimes get a little tight as well. But other than that, like, uh, like the little things, then it's, it's pretty fine. Yeah. And I think that that is probably like the, the question that, you know, people probably even ask is like, okay, Mondo's, what are you like 22 now? Yeah. Uh, I just turned 23, 23. two days ago. Two days ago. What was your birthday? The 10th. Is it the 12th today? I don't know. Maybe it's the 13th. Bro, it's the fourteenth, man. Oh my bad, four <laughs> days ago. Shit, yeah, I, time's I flying I, I by, really baby. <laughs> yeah, but like in the fall, I don't keep track of the days at all, really. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, my I was like, hold up, because mine was two days ago. Mine was on the twelfth. Oh, happy birthday! Oh shit. Thanks, cool. man. You too. You too. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah. So that's. I mean, that's probably. You know, I'm sure you probably maybe hear from time to time. Like, how is he gonna keep his? You know, is he going to, how's he going to stay healthy? What's his longevity going to be like? But it sounds like you're taking steps to mitigate those types of things, which is like not over jumping, you know, just Mm -hmm. realizing that, 
you know, during the competitive season, there's probably not going to be a whole lot of training in between your meets, right? Yeah, but I think that I like, I have a little bit of a special luxury that not everybody else has also, and that I'm very grateful for. And that is, um, I I don't have to overcompete and I don't have Mm -hmm. to grind the way that some pole vaulters grind. And, um, it would probably be, if I was in, you know, other people's situation, then I would probably do the same thing. But, uh, you know, I, I pick my meets and I pick a good schedule where I have good rest time in between where I can still, I can still keep it, you know, a, a healthy, like base of training to where my body can just hold up for an entire season because I, I do an entire season from indoors to outdoors. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, yeah, I, I try to make sure my, my meets are, you know, reasonable places to get to not too crazy travel at least. And, um, you know, they're, they're well spread out so that I can, you know, get good recovery in between them. So I don't have to like do this grind where I have three meets in five days and stuff like that, that you see a lot of pole vaulters doing. So, uh, I, I just don't have to do that really because I just have, yeah, I just, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. That's the benefit of being in the position that you're in. You yeah. don't have to go nuts, <laughs> you know? No. Yeah. No, no, exactly. And so, um, I'm, I'm pr- pretty grateful for that. Cause like, you know, my, I like, you know, talking to my dad and stuff like that. And just like hearing what he used to do back in the day, how much he used to grind, just like meet after meet after meet where they go, they have four meets in one week, you know, like I'll, I'm never going to do anything like that. If I have two meets in one week, I think that's like super crazy, super crazy. And there's people that do that all the time. So I, I really right. like, I'm not really in a position to complain. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought I saw that you have a training partner this year. Is that true? Somebody, I thought I yeah, saw that you um, have a training partner. You, kind of, kind of. Uh, you know Ben Broders? Yeah. From Belgium? Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, Belgian record holder. He, yeah, he's here right now with me, actually. And he's in Louisiana right now. He's going to be here for the next, like, three weeks or so. And so um, it's not going to be, like, full-time. He's not going to stay with me in Sweden and stuff like that. And he's not going to always be here, but I guess like in the fall, maybe he's going to spend some more time here, like in Louisiana, just kind of staying, hanging out with me, training with me. But, uh, yeah. That's so that's awesome. like, yeah, like a, a part-time training partner. So how is that? Like, uh, is it be- because you probably done the majority of your career kind of, I don't know. I could be wrong. Solo. Everything. Yeah. I, I, I never, I never had a training partner ever really. And I, how and is I it school, having one now? Yeah. It's cool. No, it's cool. Like I, I, I enjoy it, honestly. Um, you know, and like, it, it's, it's nice that he's here and like his schedule is kind of just like whatever my schedule is, or like we kind of have the both get the same schedule because we're just, we're just training basically at this point. So, uh, we can, you know, there's, there's no like things that we have to work around each other, which would, that would be something that would aggravate me to where like, if he can only train at this time or this time or this time, but we can do it whenever we want. So, um, that is nice. It's been, it's been really nice. And like, you know, you, you kind of, I think there's a different level of like, of quality and intensity in the workouts. Cause you can just kind of feel yourself just like naturally just pushing yourself just a little bit harder when somebody's mm-hmm. with you. And so, um, no, it, it's, it's been good. And we, it's been like, you can tell like the quality has just kind of risen a little bit. Do you think that that, uh, there's that potentially, competitive guy like yourself that that potentially could like 
maybe be a negative thing where you you're like oh man this dude's not beating me in this you know what i'm saying and then maybe you push it too hard the one more jump podcast does take a lot of time and energy and money to continue to produce if you would like to support the podcast it would be greatly appreciated and you can do so by purchasing your polls through rise pole vault if you wanted to do that you could email in to support at risepolevault.com and we'll get you all taken care of And then you can always support the podcast by purchasing stuff off of our online store, which is at risepolevault.com. Thank you guys so much. Yes and no. I mean, like there, there definitely is like that. There could be that situation, you know, like if you're like, I don't think he's like as uber competitive as somebody like Renault or somebody like that. Maybe that would be like somebody tough to train or at least. Is he crazy competitive? Renault? Yeah, he's pretty. Yeah, he's pretty crazy. He's crazy. He's (laughs) He's crazier than me, I would say. Like, not even, I don't even know if it's necessarily that I'm, that he's so competitive, just that like his jumping is just crazy. Like his schedule, like when he jumps, he just jumps so dang much. Really? And he just like, he never, he never wants to stop. Yeah. As far like when I jumped with him, at least had a few sessions with him in 2018, 2019. And he just like, you know, it just takes so many jumps. And then after he wants to do this game, we're like, we'll see how high we can jump on like a four meter pole and stuff like that. And of course he's just gonna, he just like kills me in those two. So like, when he's beating me, then he definitely wants to just do that all day too. So, but right. like stuff like that, like he just never wants to stop jumping right now, ever. When you say he jumps a lot, what, what is that? What is that? Is that 20 jumps? Is that? Oh, at, at least, at least 20 jumps, like 25 type stuff, 25, 30. I don't know if he, I don't think he does that anymore as much, but like when I was there a few years ago, then it, it was, it was definitely a, that kind of thing. Like I wouldn't be surprised if it got close to, 35 if you add everything in like with the warm-up i mean with the short run jumps and then like getting further and further back right 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 yeah that's crazy um so you were you were about to go on something about uh training in high school about how maybe you know training solo how how has that been because i know i know my brother luke is just by himself and he actually loves it like he loves the peace and just kind of he connects kind of with himself and and i don't know he he always says he loves it um is that was that has that been a similar thing for you or yeah it it, it has been honestly and and i think i like i still do enjoy training on my own and um the majority of my training will be on my own it's just be like me and my mom there which i mean i guess it's like technically on my own because i'm the only one working out but um mm-hmm. no i mean i I really do like it. It's always been like that for me and I got super used to it. And I, I, you know, if I, if I didn't like it, then I would have changed something and I haven't changed anything. So, um, right. yeah, I mean, been being here, it's, it's great to have me here, but it is, it is more of a part-time thing because we're not, our schedules are different. We're going to jump at different meets and he lives in a different country than me. So it, it, it won't be always like this, but it's, it's cool to have him here like for the, for the time. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. It breaks it up. It breaks up the monotony maybe a little bit and adds a little spice to everything. And I've always thought about maybe trying to see if there's somebody that would want to train with Luke. But then I just go back and forth because I'm like, oh, man, like it's kind of a risk. You, I'm assuming you know Ben, you know, pretty well. And you you knew that the risk was not going to be very Mm -hmm. high bringing him in and and things like that. But yeah, I don't no, know. Yeah. I go back and forth with it. But what well, so your yeah. fall training, just really quick, back to what you were talking about. So your fall training generally consists of you said like vaulting once a week. And then I'm assuming there might be some sprinting and yeah, a lot maybe. a lot of a lot of sprinting, a lot of running, uh 
think I'm sprinting four times a week. Holy and then, cow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot, so, dude. Yeah. No, it's yeah. What do you what do you it's do? Great. Like what are your intervals? Like um, how long? How long? If you don't want to share, you don't have to. No, I don't know about how long. Um like I have a day where usually Friday do one fifties. Mm-hmm. I have like another sprint day where it's kind of like this, like, um, you know, it's sleds, block starts, some in and outs, and then like finish with one or two one fifties, depending on the week and mm-hmm. the intensity of it. Uh, have some like, uh, 60, sixties on the minute or sixties every 45 seconds. It's like Ooh. two, two, two times four of it. Yeah. It's like, uh, so it'd be like eight of them in total. Eight sixties yeah. on the on the minute. Yeah, or forty five seconds. Holy but it, it's God. it's uh, but it's chopped up in a it's chopped up into uh two sets, so it's four and then four, four and then and then four. like in, in in between in between, I have like a three minute break. Yeah, but still, that is that that's pretty tough, right? It gets tough towards the end, yeah. yeah. But uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't know. I, I think I'm more tired after one fifties. Honestly, I feel like because I because I I get after him so hard yeah yeah and so like because like yeah and then so i feel like i'm a little bit more gassed after that i feel like the 60s almost not long enough to really kill me but i mean towards then i'll probably like have some nice lactic acid in my legs and it'll start to get a little tougher like in the beginning to like really push and be like right. quick out the from the beginning interesting yeah you you said at the last podcast that we did that you really enjoyed 150s um that's a mm-hmm. Hey, that was when our podcast was supposed to start. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so this time last year, if you could think back to then, what, like, did you know that you were going to jump six meters 22 times and break the world record, however many times you broke it and break it at the freaking world championships? Like a G. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of, I guess. Like, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that like my fall training was like so unbelievably exceptional compared to, to like the other years that like there was no way I wouldn't just go absolutely crazy this year. It wasn't really like that necessarily because like I feel like it was just like a pretty normal fall in the beginning. I actually like I remember there was a little bit of a period of time where like I had a, a little problem with my foot and I couldn't really do like the bounding and plyometrics that I like to do. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit worried about that, but it, it ended up being okay. That was more only for like a month and it mm-hmm. wasn't like stopping me from working out, but it was more just like, I, I would have, I wanted to emphasize like plyometrics and like that kind of stuff a little bit more than I was able to. And, but it ended up being okay. So, um, no, honestly, like not the, like the fall didn't really, it didn't really indicate, I didn't do anything like too crazy in the fall. I mean, I was in good shape, of course, going into the indoor season, I had a, a great indoor season also. But uh, no, nah, it was more just like, you know, just just got myself like into into some good shape, and it's kind of just up to me when it comes to like game time. Right, right, yeah. That's that's uh, always interesting because like sometimes I know that. It, have you ever had times in the fall where you've been like, dude, I'm about to pop off this season, and then you realize that it still is a long time to get to the season. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of like not 
kind of, but not really, honestly. I feel like like the the way it is built up is like, I mean, I'm the indoor season's like it's gonna start in three months or so for me. Right. And uh I probably need like most of that three months as far as like right now I'm not in like terrible shape, but I'm not in like competition shape, I would say. I could probably still right. go go out there and jump okay, but I'm not I wouldn't break the world record at this particular second. So okay. uh it's gonna be like it's it'll be in like a needed a needed three months for me to try to work everything out because then when the season starts, it's hard to like, you know, keep that a good like rhythm in the train and everything like that other than like in between the, the seasons of indoor and outdoor. But um, right. yeah, no, I don't, I don't think it's like, I, I've been pretty good with like, it's not like I get in like to too good of shape too early and I'm scared I'm going to lose it. It's not, no, it's not really like that because I try to do like, a, like, you know, a, a, a tough, a tough pace. And then, so do you relatively like whenever you're setting up where your mom's setting up because your mom still is your main she's writing your training and then your dad's kind of yeah. in with your vaulting and stuff like that. Is that still yeah. kind of yeah. how yeah, it goes? Exactly. So when your mom's writing these up, is she trying to like is she trying to hit different peaks throughout the season or is she just kind of trying to build up to just a a level and then kind of maintain a level throughout the whole season. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, I, I would say it's, it would probably, probably be a little bit more of like maintaining, like mm-hmm. build, build up and then you kind of just have to maintain it because, uh, you know, I, I can, I can get into as, you know, you can get into great shape and you can be really fast, you can be really strong, but at the end of the day, you have to be, really on point where you're jumping and you got to be really technically sound. Like, and for me, it's not more like I don't add jump sessions in. I just, I just need some competitions mm. and I, I need to get used to gripping that high. I need to get used to those kind of poles. I need to get used to 20 steps. And so usually that's why it takes, um, you know, a, a few meets before I really start like finding like the, the groove of everything. So, uh, no, it, it's kind of more like a, a not, a nice base where I'm building up and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's kind of more like a, a build up a nice base before the season starts. And then you just try to like maintain it as best as you can. And I try to have a good enough schedule where I can work out a little bit in between meets and like, you know, have right. good enough travel where I can find good recovery too. But it's not like the training is built up to this like special peak at the world championships. Really. It's more just like I build up my competitions to where I want my best, like, my best feeling on the runway to be at the most important meet. Okay. So that brings me to my next That makes sense. Thing. That makes total sense. Compl- I, that's yeah. what I like. It's really weird because like I everybody watches your career and they just have assumptions that they create in their own heads. You know, some of them could be completely right and some of them could be totally, totally off. So that was one yeah. of the assumptions that I kind of made is that it looks like you get to a level of fitness and then you're just there and then yeah, the goal kinda. is just to maintain that level of fitness because like how like why if we know that you can smoke the world record like i'm sure this is your mom's thing to herself like if we know that you can smoke the world record like why are we trying to push it harder you know what i'm saying like let's push mm-hmm. and push and push and push it's like dude like we are like you're already 
you already know what's going on, man. Like you already mm-hmm. know, <laughs> you know, you've seen the videos, yeah. man. You've seen yeah. the videos. It's not like you're banging the, over yeah. these bars, you know, like yeah. you're putting some distance between you and the bar. So that brings me to my next thing, which is when you're going up to a world championship like that. So like you and I saw each other in the warm up tent and said, what's up? And then you were getting worked on by your phys, by one, a physio. I don't know if it's your physio, but, um, and you know, super chill, just relaxed, hanging out. Do you know what's about to go down? Let's just say that you like, as long as the weather is okay, do you know that what's about to happen in a couple of days? Yeah, kind of, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah, That's you, you kind of know. I mean, I, I knew that I was like in, in really good shape and and yeah, like I, I knew that I had a really good chance to jump something high because, you know, like it's a, it's a good place, good setup. It's the world championships. And so like, you know, just like, just mentally, that's where my peak is at. And that's like, that's where all like emotionally that I just like, I want to let everything out on this, on this track. And I knew that I was going to do that. So, uh, yeah, like I, I had a pretty good feeling going into it. And then how do you know, like, are there actual data points, like actual, like workouts leading up that like are, letting you know that or do you just is it just a feeling like i just feel like i am going to put it down today or a combination yeah i mean i'll do doing some like like flying 30s and stuff like that and like i mean you could look at stuff like that like when i'm when i'm running and sprinting like if i'm sprinting really fast and i'm doing plyometric i'm doing hurdle ops and i'm just like i'm really light on my feet i'm just like bouncing off the ground easily it's like you know as far as like physically it's it was there so right. then it's kind of just like up to me as far as like, I got to be mentally ready to like, you know, grab a super big stick and be able to like hit a, hit a good run at the right time. Right. Right. Um, and, and so the way, the reason that I'm kind of asking you about this is because whenever I saw you in the warm up tent, I was like, dude, he seems too, like just totally chilled out. And I was like, that's really wild because like, there's a, different there's like a different pressure that normal people feel maybe you don't feel this uh mm. that like one would feel whenever you know if you're the underdog like you could win the world championships like yeah. if you could win it like that's one pressure but if it's like 100 percent, you definitely should win the world <laughs> championships <laughs> yeah it's like a That's different a, yeah. pressure, man. How do you deal it with is, that? Yeah. How do you stay so relaxed? It felt like that. Like I think that's the best that I've ever handled the pressure would be this past World Championships, and, and I don't even really know how to explain it. Like how I did it, I just like I just felt really good going into it. Like I didn't really lose much sleep over it. Day before the meet and everything like that, like I slept well. Like I wasn't like you know just keep myself up all night, just like thinking about what's about to happen. I'm like all this like nerves and stuff like that i don't know why i felt so chill i just i just felt really chill i think that like i think i had a really good situation also where i went to louisiana before the world champs and uh just like seeing my family childhood friends guys that i grew up with and this is like you know this is two weeks before a week and a half before 
and just like I put myself in that environment where like I was just at home and I was like, you know, I was trying to get some training done and trying to like make sure I just stay in like, you know, the, the good shape that I was in. But it's like, I don't know, like not like taking it less serious, but I mean, of course, cause I'm going to take it like as serious as I possibly can. And I was like trying to do the right things, eat the right things, not like stay in good shape, but it was like, it's trying to like, keep it simple. Like it's just pole vault. And I'm just jumping against the exact same guys that I've been jumping against the entire year, entire few years, past few years. And it's like, I'm just doing the same thing that I've been doing really. Like, I'm just going to go out there and I'm just going to jump and like, I can only control myself and I can only do what I'm about to do. It's not like soccer or anything like that. Like where I have to like judge what somebody else is doing based on, like I have to judge my move based on somebody else's move. It's like, I'm going to go there and I'm just going to jump as high as I can. If that's enough, then that's enough. And like, that's the only thing that I can control is like me against that bar, whatever bar that may be. So, um, I, yeah, I just had like a pretty like peaceful mindset as far as like just that. And I knew that like, yeah, of course I knew like in the back of my mind, like if I jump well, then I should be on top and I should, I should win. And I was in a pretty good rhythm of like making six meters basically every, every day at that point. So, um, just like, I don't really have to make things too complicated, especially when I'm jumping well, I'm just like, just going to the meet and like, you know, I get three attempts at every bar, try not to waste any of them. And, uh, you know, I should be, I should be jumping over six meters. Yeah. So you're able to just kind of disconnect from the hype a little bit and just be able to just be kind of present with who you are and and what you're doing. That's, uh, that's a pretty hard thing to do. That's doesn't come easy at times. I bet. No, I know. I know. And and I, I wish that I could like explain it better for like to, to help people because, and I don't know if I really, I really can, because like I, I've, I've been the same ways where like, there's been periods of time where like, I just couldn't sleep before meets. Cause you're just so like, not even necessarily that you're so nervous. You're just so anxious and fired up about it that you just like, you know, can't really sleep. You just keep yourself up all night. But, uh, I don't know this, this past year, I just, it just felt like I didn't really have that problem really. And I, and I think like a lot of the, a big part of that is like, of course I had, I hadn't won a world championships going through this year, so, which was super huge for me just to kind of like complete the the, the whole set yeah. of everything. So that was like, that's super cool. And uh, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's super sick, honestly. But I, I think it was just like the past few years. I've just like, I don't know. I've just like, uh, I've done, I've done a lot as far as like competitions and I've had a lot of great results, a lot of, done a lot of great things to where it was like, I, I want to, like, I don't, I want to jump really high for myself, but I feel like I don't have to really prove anything to anybody else. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of also why it was just so easy to feel like really comfortable at all the competitions this past year. Cause it was kind of like, I, I know, I know what, what I am and I know what I'm capable of and I'm just going to, I'm doing this like, doing this for me if that makes sense yeah it's it seems like and don't take this the wrong way this is and this might be the wrong way to say it because what you're trying to explain is really hard to explain it's almost (laughs) like you because i remember whenever i was in a groove if i'm in a groove with anything in my life it feels like i this is going to be totally taken the wrong way no, no, like I sure. don't, I I don't 
care, but yeah, I care. Kinda. Like it's yeah, just like like it's just like, eh. You know, it, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna have a good time. I'm gonna I'm gonna really try my best. I'm in good shape. I know that. You know, and it is what it is. It's gonna happen if it happens. If it doesn't, I'm gonna wake up the next day and I'm gonna move on regardless. And I yeah. think that anybody who's in that zone of just like really high level competition, I think that they probably can relate to that feeling of like, I, I, I'm okay with whatever happens. And like, you're yeah. just so much more relaxed whenever you feel like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm yeah, having a no, hard time sure. explaining it too. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think like, yeah, it, it's it's a little bit of that, and and it's a lot of also like just having like a lot of trust in my abilities, and like going to going to the competition. I didn't really have much like doubts and fears of what's going to happen, and so I'm I, I was going into the the competition very very confident mm. and very just like I, I don't have to do anything like out of my body or like out of the ordinary. I just kind of like do what I normally do, and like that's going to be that's going to be good enough. So I don't even have to like, didn't really have to worry about it. Yeah. It's not like you had to just jump out of your mind in order to be able to, you know, make it all line up. But yeah. So during your warm up too, that was the, like the first thing that struck me about your performance at the world championships is I was like, dude, that dude is relaxed in that tent. Mm -hmm. Like he's just chilling in the tent. <laughs> and then, and then at your warm up. You know, I'm I'm coaching Luke and and then like I'd watch your warm-ups uh at the same time and I was like so you like and I probably maybe missed some of them, but it was like you took like uh, one straight pole thing and then then took a bent pole from like, I don't know, six or something like that. It wasn't even that good of no offense, it wasn't even that good of a jump. And then, and then you just grab your long pole, head back to long, just like do some like blow through thing over the bar from full and then you put your poles away i was like hold up that's yeah. it he's done yeah. <laughs> you didn't even have a good jump and i was, I was like what the heck is going on man and then you yeah. go and you just and you put it down man and then and then you put it down and that is really insane so like when you come down the runway on your first you know trip down the runway from full and it's not that good of a jump. You didn't line it up. And then you put your pole in your bag. Like, mm -hmm. what's going through your head during that? Like, it no, wasn't that well, good of a jump, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, like, uh, yeah, I guess I can kind of just, like, walk you through a little bit of, like, how the warm-ups usually look for me. And yeah. and they're kind of, like, the way you say it. Like, I go and I usually just do, like, one little, like, you know, like, one-handed, like, straight pole jump. Not even a jump. It's kind of more just like a, you know, a plant. Yeah, and uh, just like basically just trying to like feel the box and loosen up the shoulders and everything a little bit, and then I go from uh, I'll take one jump from six steps, and it's just six steps too. It's uh, and I'm just like on like this little like four forty five pull, and I just like take a jump, and it's more just like yeah, feel the body again, mm -hmm. yeah, and then from there I go straight to twenty steps, and I uh, I grab a super small pull, like for me at least, I, gra I grab a super small pull, and um. From there, I just I'm just basically trying to like feel the run out and yeah. trying to feel the runway. And uh, if I, yeah, you, usually I take two jumps though in the warm ups. Usually I'll take 
two. Some sometimes it'll be one. It just depending on what pole I take my first plant on in the warmups. Then I'll usually use like one really small pole, and I'll just uh because I, because I want to make sure I take off the ground on the first jump also. Right. Because I feel like you're not a, you're not able to get as much information if you don't. Mm. And so uh, I'll probably have my run like a, a little bit further in than it's going to be in the competition. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go up there, take a jump, feel the run, feel, see where everything was at. And the pole's going to, yeah, the pole's going to move through. I'm not even going to take a real jump, honestly, on this pole. Right. And then, uh, yeah, if I, yeah, if I want to, then maybe I'll just go to like a little bit more of a reasonable pole in the sense of like something that's a little bit more of what I'm going to use in the actual competition. And then I'll just plant that too. I don't even really have to take like a good jump or like, I don't really worry about anything that happens after the plant. I'm just only focused on the run plant because I know that if I have that down, then everything else is going to click with it. So, um, yeah, I just, I just, I just feel the run basically. And like, I can, I can kind of feel when I plant, I'm just trying to judge what pole is going to be right for the first jump. Mm. Basically it's where I can like kind of feel like on how the pole's moving. If it's just, you know, moving crazy, then maybe I'll start on one bigger pole than I usually do. Or, you know, if it didn't feel that great, then maybe, you know, whatever, whatever pole it may be like, just trying to kind of judge that. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not, I don't go crazy in warmups. Yeah. Really. Yeah. That was, that was pretty impressive. And I mean, you save a lot of time and to be fair, um, what I was describing was the prelim. So the prelim, you probably <laughs> weren't as, you know, yeah. super nervous about or whatever. And yeah, you only took one from full, but yeah, I found that mm-hmm. very, very fascinating. Cause there's a lot of pole vaulters out there that are like, dude, if it's not perfectly dialed, yeah. At the end of my warm up, then I am going to suck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no for sure. I, I mean, I see like a, a lot of people take so many warm up jumps. And and I think that's a mentally thing. I think that's there's probably a few reasons for that. It's probably cuz like, you know, the jumper itself maybe just wants to find confidence in their own jump and they want to they want to feel things and they want to make sure in their head that they think everything's ready to go, which I don't really need to do cuz I just need to like I feel like feel the runway a little bit and then just warm up my body. And then like when I'm warm and I'm ready to sprint and ready to really roll down the runway, then I'm just ready to jump. I'm just trying to get like a radar and a range of like what pole to use. But, uh, and I think it's a lot like also the, the coach, some coaches like that too. Cause I mean, like, I think some coaches, if it wasn't my father and it wasn't somebody that's so confident in me and so like in tune with the way I jump, the way I warm up to where like, you know, yeah, like, I mean, like you said, like, I go and like, they'll have a bungee at 550 and I, I go and I like, I crash the bungee at 550 because I'm on this super small pole and like, I can barely get over the 550 bungee. And then I, you know, tell my dad, we're going to start at I want to start at 570. Like not every coach is going to really go for that. If they didn't understand like the way that I am and the way that I, I jump within the warmups. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's a lot of things, but I do think for the most part, people waste a lot of energy warming up. <laughs> well, that was a really good point that you brought up that you're coming in with the confidence. You're not developing yeah. the confidence in your warm up. It's already there. You already have it, you know. And then, you know, your warm ups just your warm up. Like literally what you're describing right now is actually using a warm up to warm up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not not to be like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna find my confidence, and I'm gonna find Correct. out in my warm up if I'm gonna have a good day or a bad day. 
yeah and and i mean and i and i think that also comes from just years of like i've i've jumped well in every in every single way whether it's a really really crappy warm up or it's a really great warm up really average warm up and like so like i know that the warm up can indicate a few things but it it doesn't indicate you know exactly how the day is going to go cuz you know it's it's not until the bar the bar's up there to where the the real match starts so uh right. you know i try not to like to stress about it in 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 either way yeah we always uh whenever my dad always used to tell us like hey i don't want you to be the dude who wins the warm up okay yeah when, yeah <laughs> sure there's there's always that guy <laughs> <laughs> dude smokes over something really high and then they always. know height <laughs> and then it's like oh i know that's yeah that's a crazy thing that's a crazy thing uh, yeah that's that's i don't understand it really um so you're talking about your dad so i was talking with your dad at the world championships um and he had mentioned that you went through a little pole fiasco uh coming into the world championships with your flying flying them or something like that oh oh yeah yeah uh yeah we just had like a regular united flight and it was going to go from like new orleans denver denver eugene i think directly and then um yeah, we 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 show we show up to the airport in the United. Like people were just like, "No, we're not taking polls." We we just they just made a new rule, like maybe like two or three days before that they weren't going to take polls anymore on these spe- specific planes. I think now they just banned them completely. But it was like on these specific planes, and one of the planes I think from Denver to Eugene that was a plane that they're like they were prohibiting pull up polls from going on. So we we're like shit and then we i mean we tried our best and we tried to convince them as much as we could but there was like there was literally just nothing we could do so yeah. uh we we got saved honestly quite a bit we only it was only like a few hours delay and then we were able to like go to southwest and they had like a very similar transit that was just like from new orleans to like vegas vegas to uh eugene so it ended up working out quite all right but it was just like a few hours there part of just kind of like chaos in the sense of like we were just trying to find a flight to take our poles really but that's just like that's a common thing i feel like being a pole vaulter well i was talking to your dad and he was like first of all he was not happy with that he was not no, he wasn't. happy at mm-hmm. all. <laughs> he no was he was so he was bad. less he was less he was less happy than me than, than <laughs> me for sure that's usually how it is though that kind of makes me almost more calm <laughs> yeah yeah so he was saying that like there's like hardly any airlines now that'll take poles overseas like yeah. Delta's done. It, it, yep. United, I guess, is done now too. I, I don't really, I actually, unless I'm missing an airline, I don't really know how American jumpers are going to bring their poles to uh-huh. Europe because I have, I have a few sets in Europe, of course, because I have my sets in Sweden. Right. And so for me, it's not really a problem because I don't fly, when I go to, back to Sweden, I don't fly with poles because I already have my poles there and I have like, I, you know, replica sets. But um, I, I'm I'm not sure. I'm, I might be missing one, but from yeah. my understanding, I don't think I can. I, I can't think of any that take polls right now, as far as like getting to Europe. Yeah, my brother went to uh to Sweden and Finland last yeah, time. Jumped in Sweden, yeah, and yeah, and he went uh, Iceland Air, and they literally say vaulting poles on on the website. So. Anybody out there that wants to go vault in Europe, 
either you got to be a baller and have a extra set in Europe or or you got to fly Iceland Air, man. And I hear that Iceland Air uh, does like a uh, free stay if you stay over there. Uh, like and, like Reykjavik, and like Reykjavik and like Reykjavik. I don't know. I don't know. I, I might have that wrong. I, I, that might actually not be the city in Iceland, but I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. They were like, they were like, yeah, if you stay here, uh, we'll put you up for a week. All you got to do is buy food and drink. Only problem is, is that, you know, a, a bottle like, of alcohol there is like $300. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's, the, that's the same. That's the same with Sweden. <laughs> is it really crazy? That's, yeah. Well, they have like super, like super strict regulations on and like only the, it is a government run store called System Belog. And then it, uh, it's the only place you can buy alcohol. Really? And it's like, yeah, and it's super expensive because they just like high, high taxes on it. Dang. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Not in the U.S. Um, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the hallmarks that I also I was talking with your dad on our podcast, one of the hallmarks that you have is your ability to move to poles that you have never jumped on before and just send it first go. Yeah. Is that true? He was telling me that. You yeah, were... I guess. I mean, I, do, I feel like I do it quite a bit. So. How many world I records guess. has it has been have been set like in that fashion where you just it was like, hey, I got a brand new pole here. I've never jumped on it. I got to get on it. All of them, <laughs> basically. Really? No. Um, yeah. I mean, six. Six twenty. Um, twenty twenty one really wasn't, I guess, technically it was a new pole, but it was the same flex number. It was just like that version of the pole I jumped six twenty on. But I got a new one in the United States, so I just had to tape it up. So it's not it wasn't really a new pole. Mm. Uh, it just like looked new. But uh, yeah, six twenty, six eighteen, for sure. Six eighteen. That was the the first time I even planted that pole, and I just really? like planted it was yeah it was a twelve one, and I just planted it and ended up like kind of cool in six eighteen too. Like probably one of my better jumps ever. And then uh, six seventeen also. That was a that was a new pole. So yeah, base. Most of them, really. That's crazy. What What did you jump uh, the new world record on at in Eugene? That was an uh, that was an eleven seven five twenty pole. What were you doing? Yeah. And so, uh, I don't know, like five fifteen uh, ish, maybe five fifteen. Yeah, something something around there. That's up there. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that. So that was the first time you jumped on that pole. It was the first time I jumped on that pole, but I I, I jumped uh, six twenty indoors and broken at the World Indoor Championships. That was on eleven seven. Also, it was just like my Swedish set eleven seven, and then I got an eleven seven made for the World Championships and right. uh, in, in the United States because you know I have two different sets. So it was but like it was thing, technically though. the first time, but it's not. It's like I I have enough trust in UCS and stuff that like the progression is going to be right and that the poles are going to be the same. So uh, obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously you do. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, but- because that's very, that's very abnormal for somebody to just be like, yeah, I totally trust it. And then yeah. hit it and go. <laughs> yeah. But there's, I mean, there's nothing else really for me to do though. It's like, I- I'm never going to use these poles in practice because mm-hmm. I just, I, I, that's not, that's not the way it works really. So I'm never going to use this 11.7 or anything or 11.9 even in practice 
And the only time for me to use it is in the meet. And I'm never going to be using that big of a pull unless it's something like 620 that's up there. And it's like, right. I don't have any time to waste really. And like, it's almost nice that the bar is like getting up there that high because I need such a good jump anyway, that it has to be like a, a full commit. And it's got to be, you know, it's got to be a well, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's got to be a well put together jump, of course. And so, right. um, you almost like, I'm just so focused on like trying to hit a good run and then like feeling everything else out where it's like, well, it doesn't really, I don't, I don't really think about it that much. I feel like this is a really good ad for UCS. Um, because... <laughs> yeah. Reliability. The... Yes, well, yeah. because like even, even your different sets, like, so they're pretty accurate. I, yeah. I, I haven't had a problem with it at all. Really? It's just, just the same. Yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, I get, I get like, and I mean, they have the machine that they're going to, they're going to measure the stiffness of it. You know what I mean? Right. So it's up, like, uh, you kind of have to believe that's going to be accurate. And I get everything made on the same mandrel, not every pole, but the poles that are the same, they're on the same mandrel and have someone on a zero, some on a double zero and stuff like that. But, right. um, you know, it's on the same mandrel, So it's going to be the same, it's going to be the same thickness and it's going to feel the same in my hand. It's just going to kind of look a little bit more shiny, but other than that, I mean, they, they, they measured it and they, they measured the, the the stiffness and what the flex number should be. So it's really no reason for me not to trust it. UCS spirit vaulting poles are legendary. In the Mondo episode, he talks about how he has three sets of spirits. All right. And he said that they're all the same, like that they just all feel the same. Three different sets of the same poles. They feel the same. I don't know about you, but whenever I was younger and vaulting, I used to kind of wonder the first time I've bent a pole, if it was going to twist, if it was really the same flex number, or was it going to be stiffer or was it going to be softer? It was very, very unnerving. And Spirit is just super consistent. They make a very durable pole, uh, a very consistent pole that you can count on and rely on, you know, year after year. And with, you know, they're vaulting the vaulters that vault on them it just kind of like sells itself it speaks for itself they have an insane number of world records that have been set on spirit vaulting poles including uh mondo's world record of 621 and yelena Izimbayeva's world record of 506 so i mean they're just legends in the game so if you would like to purchase spirit vaulting poles rise pole vault sells spirit vaulting poles and we can help you out with that if you want to email in to support at risepolevault.com we can get you set up with a new consistent series of poles that are the same poles that mondo jumps on so yeah hit us up right right yeah, that's wild. That's uh, good for you. That's that's not a lot of people can can do that. Can be cool with you know doing that and <laughs> and just sending it first go. What what's the space yeah. between your poles at, at like once you're at the top end of your range? It's like, it's uh, pretty it's pretty small. It's like it's, point two um, or point two. Point two. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that uh, I I messed up a little bit. Like I I think we went. I mean, it's just it's tough because like. 
as the years go on, it changes so much because I get on, if I get on, I'm using bigger poles and, or if I'm heavier or like whatever it may be. But, uh, I, I started out doing point twos, I guess from, uh, like my, my 12, nine pole and then going down. So then it's like, there's too many pole. There was too many poles in my back. So now I have like, sometimes I have some, some little bit of like funny, funny gaps in between, but when it gets down to those numbers, it's, uh, I do have a 12, one, 11, nine, 11, seven. And those three, that should be the pole that I'm ending on in the meet. Almost, almost a hundred percent to where like, just depending on the, right how the day is, how I feel and you know, what kind of place it is to jump out of the weather and everything. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, why'd you go for the front flip? You're a front flip guy. Nah, <laughs> dude, I'm not a front flip guy. Like when I'm telling you, like, usually like, I feel like, some people like maybe like in the back of your mind, like you kind of have an idea of what you want to do. Like after, if you make something like, yeah, if I hit that, maybe I'll hit like this kind of say, like that was one of these moments where like, I genuinely had no idea what I was going to do because it was like, it was nothing really like, I don't know. I didn't want to really plan anything. I was just like, I'm just going to let me make the bar first. You know what I mean? It's not like a certain that I'm going to make this part 621, you know, it's higher than I've ever jumped. It's like, let me just like make it and then we'll just see what happens in that. I don't know. I just made it. And then I was running off the pit and like, I was just, I think I just, I think I just had so much excitement. I just had to like <laughs> let it out somehow. And like, like, I think the way that I was like bouncing around, it just like made sense. It just like kind of happened, but like, it was hundred percent, not a plant thing. It was not what I was like, just like right. happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but you've done a front flip before. Yeah, I guess probably years ago though. I mean, I cannot remember the last time I've done a front flip. No. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't crazy. just like, it's not a thing that I do. No, I don't just like go around doing front flips. Like I, I, I bet it's been four years since I've done a front flip. I don't even, I, I really can't even think of a time I've done a front flip, honestly. Dude, that is crazy. So it was just pure hype that just, yeah. you got off the ground and then started rotating forward and then you just went the rest of the way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that I ended up sticking it because that would be like a, a very bummer way to end like a, a really cool thing would be to just like bust my ass on a front flip. So I'm glad that it ended up working out and ended up like committing to it fully. <laughs> Dude, two uh never been dones. Uh yeah. world record yeah. followed by a front flip <laughs> celebration, man. I know it's freaking and it, crazy. And it, I know. It, it's funny. And it's funny how those kind of things work too, because like I just jumped six twenty one jumped world record at the world championships and i probably talked about the front flip just as much as i talked about like the world record at the world championships like just <laughs> a, like a silly little stupid thing after after i broke the world record that's what it so many people were interested in but uh you know it was I wild. It. You I mean, never you I never see it, it you never see it man i don't know i was trying to i was <laughs> like dude am i have i ever seen like an athlete like a professional athlete do a front flip like maybe like somebody front flipping into the end zone or something it was antonio i was just thinking of antonio brown when you said yeah. that, I was like, I think Antonio Brown did a front flip into the end zone, and it was actually super sick. Yeah, it was gnarly, dude. I I was very impressed. Every obviously, like you said, everybody was very impressed. You freaking nailed it, man. And and I was like, he must have done that like a million times. Turns out, mm -hmm. it's just the hype, oh. man. That's what happens. Yeah, That's a lot of energy when you make a big bar like that. Yeah, adrenaline. Good adrenaline's a crazy thing. Yeah. So what's going on with your uh, meet this year? Are you hosting the meet again this year or no? Yeah. 
I am. Yeah, I'll have my uh, my meet this year. Uh, February third, I think, is the is the That's date awesome. that it's supposed to go off. And uh, yeah, I'll be in Uppsala, Sweden again. Trying to um, it's, it it won't happen this year. It's uh, coming up too quick, but um, yeah, hopefully that's not the only location we'll be able to do it at. And it probably really? the second, the second one will probably also, I would imagine, be in Sweden also. But uh, yeah, trying to trying to have more than just one meet. That's the plan right now. But the, as far as this one, then we have a pretty good like stable like setup right now. We have like you know all the sponsors and everything. Last year we're, we're very fired up and excited, and there's just only more coming in. So it's like, yeah, yeah. we're in, it's in a good spot. Yeah, I can imagine you guys did a good job promoting it and uh, all of the, you know, the social media around it and stuff like that was really, really good and solid. It looked like it looked like the pole vault meet that everyone wants to be at. And I'm sure that's what your sponsors and everything, everybody <laughs> wanted to see. So, yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, it was it was really good. It was really good. And, uh, you know, we were trying to figure out a way to get as much people into the, um, you know, the arena as we can in Uppsala. But I think like this year, maybe we'll be able to have like 3000 last year. I don't think it was quite that much. I think it was more like 24, 2,500. So mm-hmm. we'll try to add a little bit more than last year, but like, they're so close. Everybody was so close to where it kind of feels like more than just 3000 too. Oh, honestly. Dude, and, in the, yeah. Like in a track stadium like that, like, like an indoor spot like yeah. that, I'm sure it feels like crazy. It felt, it felt really good. And to add, if we can add like, you know, 500 maybe hopefully a thousand more than last year then i think it'll be really bumping and i don't think we have a problem so i'm thinking we sold out like easily within the first day last year so dude that's so cool man yeah so how much how much work goes into that like for you personally like are you just kind of like behind like it's they're using your name or are you planning stuff more like that honestly like i I would say like i I wouldn't say i'm super big on the organizing of everything mm-hmm. they got a they got a nice team around me and and at the club because it's it's also uh the club that i can be from sweden Uppsala, that um that is the one that is technically hosting hosting the competition so they they got a nice group of people that are working on that or just like i mean it's like when i have special requests or like things that i i want to make sure that are at the meet and like certain type of vibes and stuff like that and you know whoever whoever I, whoever i want to jump at the meet also Right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's really, it looked really, really sick, man. So how is it like, how, like from like, let's say like 20, well, I guess you have to go back kind of far, I guess like 2017, 2018 to now, like what is your day to day? Like what's different about your day to day now than it was maybe that like first year after LSU or something? I'm 27. Uh, oh, from first year. Oh, shoot. Shit. Well, like, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, from, yeah. from, from like when you left LSU and you started pursuing this pole vaulting career, mm-hmm. like yeah. what is different? Like from that to like where you're at now, like walking down the street, going to restaurants, you know, like doing stuff like that. Like what's different in your day to day? I mean, yeah, uh, of course. Like, those those kind of things are going to be very different and like you know just like having it like be, being a professional and like having it as your career is also quite different because it's only a, a real selectively experience it at the level that i'm experiencing it at and 
you know, whether, whether it's like with, with sponsorships, of course, which I, I would say like, isn't the most work, honestly, because none of that stuff goes through me anyway. It's more just me like having to make decisions, whether I just want to say yes or no, if I think it's, if I think it's worth it. If I think it's something that's, you know, that's not too like off brand for me to do. I think mm-hmm. some that like would be like, would make sense for me to do. I don't think the sponsorship stuff is the hardest. Um, the, the events and stuff is, is a, is a little a bit strange. A little bit, especially like in Sweden, since I get invited to do uh, a lot, a lot of things. In Sweden, you know, you got to be like formal. You gotta what be, do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean you know, events? Like, like what? What type like, of events? First of, I mean, over the past few years, uh, quite a bit of awards. First off, but also also like events and like like sponsors and stuff like that. That that's also they have a lot of events and like it's very important to like to show up to those kind of things and like show face and you know be be there but um but also in in, i mean stuff just like whether you're you're getting like honored with something or if it's an if it's an award if it's something that's just kind of good for you to show up for that's just kind of like important in like the the culture and society like especially like in in sweden and uh you know whether it's like you know print stuff or like you know it's like stuff like stuff like that like what a family stuff but in sweden but yeah. um yeah so like that that kind of stuff is a little bit strange because you don't really like expect it or you don't really think about it going into jumping and and like picking what competitions you want to jump at too to where like it's not you know there's a, there's more factors to weigh in than just like than you know it's like it's it is kind of like a, a business at the end of the day also because you want to pick the the right meets to build up to the championship meets but then also you know there's there is money that that is involved and there's decisions that i have to make they but that of course that that weighs into the that there's a i mean a big factor of like which meets i'm going to go to so so has it become more like um and i don't think it's a bad thing like some people like call like would say this is like a negative thing but it's not like has it become more business centered kind of than it used to be uh yeah Maybe not business I mean, centered but business like like yeah it's not just flinging over a bar anymore like it's there's probably just a lot more business stuff that goes into it now yeah there is there there there, there definitely is there definitely is and uh um yeah that's i, I would say for the most part it's 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 quite a good thing like it, it is mostly like a, a situation where, you know, it's, it's better to have, have that than to not have that. Yeah. For but, sure. uh, no, it, it's, a, that, that is a tough thing. And I think I am fortunate enough, especially like when it comes to like competitions to where, you know, you, you get these offers to do so many competitions and there, there's so many competitions that I could do. And, you know, a lot of people want me to go to their meets now because I've been jumping so well, but then like, you know, you really have to like, wind it down because like you don't want to you don't want to over jump you don't want to just go like chase stuff and uh i want to have a good a good schedule of meets so i can jump i can still jump you know high in all of them be at a good level but um you know it's yeah it, it's it's tough because then you feel like if you if you don't go to some of them you might be missing out on something you know if they're if they're willing to pay well or whatever it may be but uh you know i i have a i have a good team around me and especially my parents because you know they always think that you know the pole vaulting should always come first 
And, you know, winning, jumping high, winning the championship meets, that's the most important thing. And everything else around it doesn't come with that if you don't, if you can't perform well. So uh, try to, I still would like try to focus more on just like the performance and and jumping high at like at all my meets rather than jumping at too many meets or, or even, or kind of the same goes with like sponsors rather than having like really good ones and really quality ones rather than just having over overly too much. Have you had a time where that side of things has distanced you a little too much where you had to like reel yourself in from like distancing you from pole vaulting? Uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm okay with it for them. For, yeah, I feel like I'm okay. And, um, I mean, at times it can, I don't know. No, I think for the most part, I'm, it, it's, it's been fine. And I, and I have like a good team around me and, you know, things don't, they don't go directly through me for the most part. So like there's a, you know, I, I have a good team that, you know, organizes the the stuff for me and pre- presents the stuff to where like they mostly would just present the stuff that they think is Im- Im- important and, you know, things that, you know, it is worth having a discussion about. And, uh, you know, like, like I said, I, I put, I put pole vaulting first before everything, and I'm not going to do stuff that's going to mess up any of my competitions or yeah. try to uh, over, overcompete in in those ways so uh no i i mean yeah yeah i mean like so, sometimes it feels like i i don't some sometimes i like mentally it feels like it could be too much but as far as like physically i don't think that it's it's i think that it's been okay is there anything you do specifically to stay balanced in in that those areas because i i think that it would just be i the reason i'm asking these questions is just because i think it's very fascinating to me the life of a of an athlete that is at your level because they're like it really is not just you know just pole vaulting and having a good time and doing whatever you want to do all the time anymore yeah you know like is there is there a way that you maintain balance whether it be like i don't know meditation or or you know just always trying to ground yourself you know, you had mentioned family earlier and friends yeah. earlier. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, I think it's like, yeah, like I think the connection with my family and, and Desiree helps quite a bit, I would say. And, uh, yeah, just, am I? Let's go out. Hold up. Maybe it just fell out a little bit. No, yeah, you're good. I can hear you. Okay. You know me? Yep. Um, but yeah, like, I, I mean, I have a really, you know, good relationship with my family uh, and Desiree and her family too. So like when I'm in Sweden, we're hanging out with them all the time and just being able to like kind of whenever I need to distance myself, not only from like the, the business and professional side of poverty, but just pole vaulting in, in general, because uh, you know, I am not always with people that are pole vaulters and, and, and whatnot. So it's not always about pole vault. And uh, you know, I, st- I still play as much golf as I can. So that's always a good way to just kind of get away from, from everything too. Yeah. Heck yeah. How much has Desiree helped with, uh, kind of that balance quite a bit? Yeah, I would say quite a bit, quite a bit, especially like situations like being at the world championships and, uh, she, she flew from Sweden to, 
to Eugene and met me and we stayed together. And, uh, you know, that, that makes it just feel like such a, a normal meet and, and that way too, like I was talking about earlier to where it's like, it just felt like I was going into almost just like, of course it's more important, but just kind of like a, in a way it's just a meet. And, uh, cause just, just being with her, we're just trying to like figure out what to eat for breakfast. What do you, <laughs> I got, I got to go to the track and you know, you know how that can be, especially with, uh, Des and I, that, that can be a big discussion, you know, the eating situation. So, um, <laughs> so that's good, uh, man, that's, that's good. It's important to have. And the other thing I was thinking about the other day is that, you know, a lot of, uh, professional pole vaulters or pole vaulters that pursue pole vaulting after college, um, a lot of them put off their personal lives until they're done. And yeah. I think there's a lot of reasons for that, you know, like maybe they don't get involved with somebody, um, while they're pole vaulting because there's a lot of travel and this and that and the other, and you've kind of taken a, a different approach to that. Yeah. I, I know financially it, and where you're at, you know, it helps because you can, can bring her to different things. But yeah. I was thinking the other day, how cool that is that like, a lot of pole vaulters that go through and do the European circuit and everything like they later on in life have to explain to, you know, a significant other how cool it was back then and what they used to do back then. Like, man, I used to travel to this meet, this meet and this meet. And like, she's there with you on all of those. That's really yeah. unique and really cool. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. And, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, and and that's like another thing where I really like, I just like, you know, even if even if things like can be a little bit hectic at times, like I, I overall I can't complain at all of like the the situation I'm in. I mean, I get I have such like really like luxuries that I that I'm able to live and like especially like um, you know if if Desiree ever has time and you know she wants to go to any meets, then of course like to bring her to to any meet she wants to, right? And uh, I can I can do that, and that's just like such a better experience than just having to explain to her what, what happened at the meet or where I was in like, you know, this part of, part of Poland or, you know, the United States, whatever it may be. So, um, that's, a, that's a really cool thing. Cause you know, not everybody can really do that. Sometimes you just got to go in there and if you want to be a pole vaulter and you want to try to make a living out of it and you just want to pole vault, sometimes you have to go and you just have to grind. You have yeah. to go to these places. You don't really, you don't really have the, you don't really have the like the support to be able to you know carry people along with you. It's kind of just like up to you, and you got to figure it out on your own. So, uh, you know, right. luckily, like I, I don't really have to, don't have to deal with that. So, like, yeah, that's what's up, man. All right, I want to respect your time. You're a busy man. Uh, I got a couple more questions though. Um, what do you think is your biggest obstacle going into this year? What's the thing that you're like, I could get better at. I could do, I could do better this year. I don't think I have like crazy obstacles, like in that way, like I have to like really change anything up so well, like so much or like something that I'm like trying to really avoid necessarily. But, um, for me, I, I was putting a real strong focus last year on my run and trying to maximize my speed you know, through the takeoff in those last 10 meters of the run. And, uh, that, that was like basically my main focus and trying to like see how much, like how much speed can I control into the takeoff and like, you know, how 
much uh, yeah, and like how, how aggressive can I be really at the end of the run? So uh, I think I'm going to try to like keep building upon that because I felt like last year I was starting to, I mean, I was definitely running faster and I was hitting the box harder than I've ever, than I ever have. And you can kind of show just not only by the heights, but like the, the poles that are on, the poles that I were on and the way that it was moving. And so uh, keep trying to build upon that. And that, that's going to be like a, a main focus of the year. And uh, yeah, other than, other than that, like kind of also like what we talked about, not only like physically, but just like as far as my, my schedule, I, I had a really, I actually had a really crazy schedule last year as far as like travel and stuff like that, going from the Eugene Diamond League meet back to Sweden, back to United States World Champs, went to Doha, back to the United States, like crazy, like had a pretty crazy travel schedule. So um, that's, it's going to always be like that, of course, like the travel and stuff like that, but uh, trying my, um, trying my best to like have the schedule work with the Pobo schedule and the competition schedule where I can have sufficient yeah. rest and recovery in between the meets. So, uh, yeah, main, mainly, mainly that and, uh, try to just keep, uh, keep the, keep the feeling of like, no, knowing why you got into the sport, you know, keep that, keep that love that I, that I, that I still very much have and like try to keep it about pole vaulting. Right. That's awesome, man. Um, you don't have to share this if you don't want to, but do you have any speed metrics? I get I, people ask all the time, has Mondo like ask him about uh speed? Like what, what's mm. his meters per second on the runway? Cause people go back and forth with it yeah. all the time. You don't have to share if you yeah. don't want to. That's fine. I, uh, I hit, uh, I know last year at indoor competition, I was, I was hitting like 10.1 meters per second the end of the run and that was like that was you know that that was a big emphasis of of what i was trying to do last year and i think that you know the meat that they did they did measure the speed i was like and this was just like a normal flat runway too it was indoors so it was like i was consistently pretty much every jump over 10 meters per second and uh that's that's something that i that i wanted to do and uh, that i was that i was trying to do and i was running really really well and you know i think a lot of that is like you know the, the amount of emphasis I put on speed training, sprint training, and, uh, you know, I used to do a lot of sled run. I mean, uh, a lot of pole runs, stuff like that. So, like, running with the pole has become so natural to me also to where, like, I can run, trying to be able to, like, the transition from normal sprinting to running with the pole, like, trying to make that as seamless as possible, too. So, uh, yeah, I, I was running really well last year. I think a 30, 30 meter fly, like, to, to, uh, Two eight five was the fastest that I, I ran that a few times. So that was that was that was right before for championship time. So that was probably like when I was in like the better of the better of shapes too. Yeah. As they say, you got some cookies, man. You got it going on. <laughs> that's pretty fast. And that's like not a yeah. small pole you're carrying either. You know what I'm saying? So like, no, it's, it's <laughs> that's yeah. what's pretty impressive about it too. This is not a small pole. All right. Yeah. Last question. Um, before we get off here, how's the golf game? <laughs> um, up and down like normal. <laughs> Unintended. But it's, it's okay. Like, I mean, it depends on the day really. Honestly, like the other, a few weeks ago, I, I really found my drive mm-hmm. and I was starting to hit the, hit my drive really well. And like, it felt like golf was so much easier when I was like actually in the fairway 
rather than having to just scramble yeah. the whole time and just like trying to like save or save bogeys the whole time. Um, so like, I mean, yeah, like mid low eighties, it's like good, Dang, good enough to where like, I'm, yeah, it's okay. that's what's up. So what are you hitting off, uh, off the tee box? Are you fading, hitting a fade, hitting a draw, Ooh. just hitting the fairway if you, however you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, that kind of depends on like the, the period of time you ask me, but for the most part, I'm hitting a fade, mm-hmm. fade off the tee. Gotcha. Yeah. It, it's kind of strange. Cause I, I'm the natural, like the, yeah, the natural shape of my shot off the tee would be more of a fade. And then when it comes to my irons, they draw. Really? Like that would be the natural shape. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's the natural. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know why that is, but that's kind of, that's just kind of the way it is. Not like my, my wedges or anything. My wedges don't really do much. Yeah, right, right, right. Pretty much right. But like when I'm, when it's like seven iron and above, then they're, I'm going to have to usually take into account a little draw. Unless I try like my hardest to like, you know, like soften my grip, loosen it up, like uh, open the face up a little bit or something like that. Like try to make sure it doesn't draw. But if I just right. like do a normal stock swing, it's going to probably draw a little bit. What's your favorite club in your bag to hit right now? Right now, I um, probably my my lob wedge. Like I, I've had I like Was lately, 60, like just fifty eight. Yeah, like a sixty. It's a sixty. Sixty. And like just being like being like sixty yards out, and it's like this shot where it's like it's not a full swing. It's just like a really feely, handsy swing. Right. And you know when I'm able to like clip it just right, and you're able to just kind of get that ball to just like bounce, hop, and stop. Oh yeah. And you're, and you're able to, like, it's just, it's probably the best feeling shot out there is because you can see the ball the whole way and you can just see it the way, like, it just stops on the green when it just checks up like that. Right. That's just, yeah. And I, and I've, I've been hitting those pretty well lately, honestly. So, uh, yeah. What, that's what been, clubs are you hitting? Like, what set of cobra. irons do you have? Cobra? It's, yeah. The Cobra. Gotcha. The whole set is Cobra. Puma, uh, Puma owns Cobra. Oh, do they? I so, didn't know that. Yeah. So, like, hey, yeah. There we go. Kind of like, that ain't bad. yeah. Yeah, so it works. I mean, I'm able to like get get clubs and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so I kind of have to use that. What's yeah. the coolest course you've ever played? And then after that, what's your favorite course to play? Um, I think the coolest course I played is uh, it's called Brohoff in Was Stockholm, that? Sweden. Oh, really? Okay. I'm yeah, familiar. I, I would say that's probably the honestly. Actually, no, I don't. I don't think shit. Okay, it's two places. It would be there, Brohoff. We've, it's one of the prettier ones. It's probably the best course and nicest course in Sweden. And then I played the the Grove in uh, Jupiter, Florida. It's Michael okay. Jordan's course. Oh wow! Yeah, and I'm it's like one of I, I've never seen it, but uh, I've heard of it. But it's it. like I've a it. it's like this super. I think it's like super exclusive. Like they have like you know only like eighty members type of stuff. Yeah, don't you have to be like invited to play there? Yeah, yeah. Well, I played How'd with that uh, I played with Ricky Fowler. Oh. And so that, that was, yeah. And like, if, you know, without him, like, I, you know, there's no really possibility, like no way to play. And so that was a super cool course. And it was like a course that MJ built like specifically to like all of his strengths. Really? Like, he built like, like, yeah, like all the fairway bunkers and stuff like that. Like he built everything to where like, he knows that he's going to be safe with like the way that he drops the ball. <laughs> and, like his distance. So like he built like a course, like <laughs> based on his strengths, which is like, yeah, super like cool thing to do. Like he just that's at that level where he could just like build a course to like. That's wild. How is it playing with Ricky so, Fowler? Pretty sick. 
pretty cool. I've I've had the opportunity to play with a few pros and like even I mean I think this is the crazy thing about like Ricky especially is like seeing the way that he plays and like how good he is, how accurate he is, just like seems like he never mishits anything. You know, everything just seems so flush and so pure. And like he's a guy that's like, you know, he's 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 struggling a little bit like on tour right now. Like yeah. to even think that there's guys that are even better than him, like it's hard to believe because of how good he was. Cause like, you know, like if he's like, he's the kind of guy that like, if he was off the green by like five, 10 yards, like he's not even going to bring, he almost wouldn't even bring a putter in his hand because he knows he's going to chip it so close that he can just finish that like little three footer off or whatever, like with his wedge, you just do that. Jeez. And like, he doesn't like, he just like, it's just like those little things that like, and like a few of these shots where you're just like, yeah, I'm never going to have that in my bag. And that's never going to be in my arsenal <laughs> kind of thing. And you don't really realize that. Like, you just like say like you watch him and like you see him play like in person. Like, yeah, shit. That's different level. <laughs> yeah. That would be fascinating. I would love to, uh, that's like the only sport that I watch on TV is golf. Uh, Me too. I, I don't watch yeah. it as much anymore, but anyway, do you see that some that's being something possibly you might pursue maybe after your pole vaulting career, like more, maybe not like PGA, but just like oh. <laughs> trying to get like no tournaments or anything. Oh, I would like to play a tournament. I would like to play competitive golf. I, I played, yeah. a, I played in like a pro-am, but that was like, it was like a, a best ball, like scramble up the tee thing too though. So like it didn't really, wasn't really competitive in that way, but I would like to play like competitive golf, like a tournament, like get into that mindset. But um, no, I think that's another thing that like you, play with somebody like ricky and you see that kind of level and like how like easy things are and like it, when they can kind of get on autopilot mode like that it's like it's way too late for me to ever be able to yeah. be able to do like as something like the way that they're playing and like i'm, ne I'm never going to be able to like be at that level my putting and stuff is just like too shit yeah no i i understand that and, um, and i'm i mean yeah and then like when i i hope that i can jump long enough to where like I wouldn't have time to play that much golf. You know what I mean? Like I would, I would like to jump to like 2032 Olympics. That would be, that's like the, how old would you be then? I would be 32 turning 33. That's a great age, right? I think, I think that's a good be, age. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. That's, that's a long, that's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of one centimeter world records between. I hope so. To like jump so, like yeah. 21 though, man, you're, if you're doing it at a centimeter at a time, you're going to need some years to do that, man. Right. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. And if, and if I want to, um, you know, if I want to get to 630, which I, which I do want to, yeah. you know, if I'm going to go a centimeter at a time, which, which, I mean, I don't know, I guess, I guess I'll do that. We'll see. Maybe, maybe like I won't jump at like, there's some numbers that probably are pretty lame. Like maybe like 29, probably like skip like 629 if I get to that point. Yeah, like because yeah. I feel like you want to kind of get to that new like uh, whatever it is, not decade, like whatever the ten number, uh, thirty. I don't know, whatever it is. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, you know what I'm. You give it a time. I wouldn't mess with twenty nine, but other than that, maybe I go same time. I don't. I don't really know what's going to happen. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I just assumed. Um, yeah, I uh, last thing before we get off here, challenge is still out there. You know what it is. Coming at six meters. Six meters. Still out there. We talked yeah. about it last year. We'll see. We'll just say we'll see. Just give me a we'll, yeah, we'll see. see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I know. And yeah. 
Dude, just yeah, put it at shit. six, six, six oh five, six ten, six fifteen. The crowd gets to see all, all of that, right? Yeah. No, that that's that's maybe a solution. That's probably yeah. a solution to it. Because like I think that was what I probably said last time was that I don't want to like come in at six and I don't get to jump as much. Right. So yeah, because your like, people, people are that, paying. People yeah, people that went there to see me jump, you know, they they want to see me jump. So I would right. like to jump in front of them. But uh yeah, maybe maybe I can go like increments like that. That could that could possibly work. Yeah. Oh, dude, I just thought about it too. Most times over six meters in one competition too. That would cut, that would conquer both of those, right? It would, cause yeah. if you, if you did like be. six, six Oh five, six ten, six fifteen, and then maybe six twenty. I think I already, yeah. And I think how many I times, have that. How many times? Well, yeah, yeah. But three, just, three is, I don't three is three. the record. I guess. Well, you got because I did three. I did three world championships because I did. Um, I jumped the six six oh six or was it six oh one? But uh, but whatever the six six oh six and then uh six twenty one. So I think it's yeah. three. I three. guess I don't know. You could probably break That's, all of those in, right. in one uh in one meet. Highest opening bar. I mean, especially if I just wanted to like mess around with it and just go like go up like yeah two centimeters stuff like that. I could probably That's like just. Saying. I'm like 10 times. <laughs> 10 in a row, like baby. <laughs> I have to take two months off. I'm going to be so beat up. <laughs> All right, dude. Let's get off here. I really appreciate it. Yep. Um, you're the man. And uh, just good luck to you for the rest of your season. <laughs> and uh, you and your family. And you guys are just doing incredible, incredible things. And uh, yeah, good luck, man. Thanks again for taking the time. Because this, everybody who's listening, this man does not have to do this. He's just doing it so that people out there can, you know, enjoy some some podcast material with the best pole vaulter in history. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Well, brother. appreciate it. Yeah, it was a, it was my pleasure. Yeah, truly, absolutely. All right, this is the one more jump podcast. Thanks, guys. Yeah.